0: Oh, now I don't know what came to your mind when you saw the title to this little bit of Patreon content, but regardless, I hope you'll give it a chance. If you're into music, if you're into like rock or even quasi metal or something like that, if you're into that kind of music, uh, this has been, so I did for Patreon a few months ago. I did where I broke down and like the episode almost went, I think, like, three hours because there was so much to cover. This one will not do that. Uh, but I broke down and covered and ranked every Kiss album to ever come out. Um, and that included like the Alive albums. There might have been, you know, a certain category or subset of albums that I didn't count but, uh, but I, I just, you know, broke them all down and said, all right, here's why this is the what and everything. And it was a very popular show. Okay. Now there's admittedly a lot of bands that I could do that kind of, and and bottom line, more people have wanted me to do this, uh, do these kinds of episodes. So that's why I'm doing it. This is Patreon requested content, not necessarily the band I'm about to talk about, but this kind of content and look there, like I was going to say, there's a lot of bands that I could do this for. Um, I could do this boy. if, If you hear my computer, it's, uh, I'm encoding some video right now, so <laughs> so it's a little loud, but um, I could do this for, I don't know, I, I mean, I th- the list of bands that I could do this kind of thing for would go on forever. Motley Crue, Whitesnake, Winger, uh, yeah, don't laugh, don't fucking laugh, don't make me do a Winger episode, you don't know how good, how great that band is, in fact, some of their best work has only come out in the past, like, decade, like, literally in the past 10 years, Uh, I mean, just tremendous shit. Don't 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 give me any crap for that. Uh, You know, I could do it for Deep Purple, which would might even be longer than doing it for Kiss. (laughs) It might even be longer than that episode, uh, because Deep Purple is definitely one of my top bands. There's a lot of bands that I could do this for a lot of artists. You know, I mean, I could go beyond metal pretty heavily into a lot of the the pop realm and everything. Uh, And kind of what inspired me to do this episode uh, around is that. Well, a new album came out by the by the group that I want to talk about. OK, correction. It's not by the band, but it is by a ex-member now of the band or I don't know if you can call him an ex-member. But anyway, the band we're going to talk about is Bon Jovi. Yep. Go ahead. Get your laughs out. Trust me. L- listen to me what I'm telling you. OK, what I am going to describe to you. How I am going to rank this stuff. This we're not going to get through. You know, we're not going to get into. I mean, slippery and wet. I'm really not even going to rank that number one. We're going to do a ranking, okay, but we're going to break down a lot of the songs then this. This is stuff that th- the only thing I can imagine is you've never heard it before because, A, I know some of this shit is never charted on radio, and, B, the amount of people that rip on Bon Jovi but obviously never heard these songs. I mean, like, I just don't know how you can do that and, not, and, and listen to the songs, uh, especially the ones that I'm going to describe to you. This is a thing with a lot of metal bands is that you usually have or metal or rock, whatever you want, wherever you want to put Bon Jovi. And certainly that band has has, uh, you know, changed categories uh, here and there from from time to time. But generally metal bands, as far as technical ability, usually take the cake. Like usually you want the best uh, performers like musical performers, uh, etc. And players and often songwriters you usually look at the metal scene, quite frankly. I mean, either for speed, technicality, whatever. It doesn't mean they necessarily make the best music. OK, but it does. But as far as like technically the best, as far as, you know, what what metrics you can put on skill and things like this, uh, usually you're going to find it within metal. This lends itself. This lends a lot of these bands, hard rock and heavy metal bands uh, to Writing, uh, in my opinion, just a lot of great music And But there's so much great music that oftentimes it never charts. It would over, you know, like during the 70s or the 80s or maybe a little previous or a little after. There's a lot of songs that would just never hit radio. It just wouldn't. I mean, for for varying reasons. I mean, you know, by the nature of top 40 radio and other things, uh, you know, a lot of these songs would just would just never chart. And I. I think that does a disservice for a few reasons, because a lot of people get sick of the songs that they keep hearing and they have no idea that some bands made great music well outside of anything that would ever get radio play, uh, which I think is very much the case with Bon Jovi Um, or, you know, like it it would just create this uh, uh, illusion that a band is maybe a one trick pony. Or that, you know, they just don't have any other good music and nobody knows because that you never really get to hear an entire album or you never get to hear, you know, kind of the hidden gems, as they would be called, uh, or that maybe the deep cuts or something like that, uh, which are both full industry terms as far as music goes. Uh, And I think Bon Jovi is one of those bands that doesn't suffer. And I say it doesn't suffer because next to maybe Metallica and Aerosmith. Bon Jovi is one of those bands that for as long as they've been around, they've been on top. Like they, 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 they've, however it works, they may disappear for a little while, but sooner or later they just end up back on top or they just never leave. Maybe ACDC could be counted in, in, in those ranks as well. Uh, I mean, if you went outside of the metal scene, maybe like Madonna, I mean, like these are artists that even though they've been around for decades, they just, I mean, they always, it's not just like being on top of their game. Like you could say, well, you know, fuck, Iron Maiden never drops the ball. Well, that's not entirely true, right? As much as I enjoy Blaze Bailey's work and and X and all those different albums, and I really do love them, um, whatever. I mean, let's be clear here that Iron Maiden has had, has had its subpar days. Uh, and I'm not saying Bon Jovi hasn't had them either. But the difference being is that bands or, you know, uh, artists like Bon Jovi, Metallica, uh, who also to, to a lot of Metallica fans have had off days, which I completely disagree with. I love saying anger. I love all those albums, uh, you know, and, and death magnetic and, and you know, everything that they can load and reload. I, I, really enjoy the hell out of all of them. Um, Aerosmith. I mean, you know, people could complain about honking on a Bobo. It's still charted. Like there's no tomorrow. no, I'm not saying that that should necessarily be like the metrics to decide what's good music or not. What I'm saying is though, is that these are bands that just, they're always on top, no matter if they've been around for two years or or 20, you know, or, or 30 or more. Um, and I think that really like Aerosmith Metallica and Bon Jovi are kind of like the three great examples where, yeah, I mean the, it, and it's just like they can't fall down from it for some reason and they keep making new music and it just keeps selling and it still gets, here's, here's another key part is it'll still get uh, mainstream radio play, uh, or whatever chalk, you know, whatever, uh, uh Accounts for radio <laughs> today, right? Because I mean, radio is still a big deal in the rest of the world, despite what uh, Silicon Valley and San Francisco would tell you. But anyway, um, I, you know, Bon Jovi is just one of those bands that whatever they do, it sells. It just, it's still huge. It still gets everybody excited. You're still going to get all different kinds of. I, I mean, you know, and a lot of people look. I mean, we we could talk about. You know, Bon Jovi started in the 80s. Okay, so they're, you you know, sort of one of the, the later bands in what I've described. But they started in the 80s and one would argue a lot of metal, a lot of real serious metal heads would argue that the reason Bon Jovi was popular was ever popular with guys. Again, I'm speaking very conventionally here is because if you went to a Bon Jovi concert, you were guaranteed that there'd be a lot of women there. Now, I don't think that's true, but I do think the abstract notion that, or there, I do think the fact that a lot of women were at Bon Jovi concerts is absolutely true, uh, which would make them a hot ticket, uh, particularly at that time. And it was part of the reason that, yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think there's some truth to it. I just think that that's kind of bullshit on the guy's part, like fuck them, you know, for, for, for thinking that way and, and whatever. Uh, but yeah. I mean, let's be clear here. Uh, bon Jovi worldwide has sold well over a hundred million albums. I mean, this is one of the biggest selling bands in history, you know, and, and a lot of that success has to do with, uh, of course, what, what some people would, would consider their seminal album. Um, that being, uh, Slippery When Wet from, uh, you know, from 87. Um, I, or I'm sorry, from 86, you know, Slippery When Wet, let, let's just talk about this, you know, right out, uh, and, and then I, w- I want to get into the ranking. You know who Bon Jovi is. Give me a break, okay? Uh, but Slippery and Wet, yep, I get it. You have, on that album, you have, like, three or four of the greatest rock songs just ever written, just ever done, and just about anybody will admit that to you, even if it's, like, a modern performer or something like that. They'll just they'll come right out and say, oh, yeah, Living on a Prayer, You Give Love a Bad Name, Wanted Dead or Alive, You know, uh, uh, maybe, maybe some of the other ones, I don't know if they'd go with Let It Rock or, you know, Raise Your Hands or something, you know, which was popularized by Spaceballs or Without Love. I mean, you know, they're going to call at least three of those and they'll and just about everybody will admit it. Holy shit. Those are like three of the greatest songs ever done that. That's how it is. Disagree with it if you want. Be the hipster and say, oh, no, that's not true. But even people within I guarantee the band. I almost guarantee the bands that you listen to will tell you that will give you that same answer, that those three songs are just three of the greatest songs ever done. Okay, so whatever. Disrespect them how you want. But the people you listen to are going to give them the respect. So whatever. Um, Anyway, so. Yeah. Slippery When Wet's on here. I I give it full credit for for what I just said that, yep, there's like three or four of the greatest songs ever, you know, rock songs ever in history that exist on that album. And that is a bold statement because I don't think it's debatable. You know, my favorite band is Kiss. Personally, Bon Jovi's not at the top of my list. It's very high up there, though but my personal favorite band is kiss. I can't make that kind of claim with kiss. I don't even think I could say that there's a single great rock song or one of the greatest rock songs is done by kiss. Maybe somebody would argue. I mean, yeah, you could say rock and roll all night or Detroit rock city, but like not to the level where fucking everybody knows the goddamn song. And I know when I used to travel the world quite a bit, and this was well after Bon Jovi's prime, even though like I kind of argued that they seem to never fall out of prime. Um, everybody knows, uh, you know, living on a prayer. Everybody knows you give love a bad name. I mean, just everybody doesn't matter. They can't speak a lick of English. They can fucking sing you some Bon Jovi. They're not going to be able to do they They I've almost never had that similar experience with kiss or something. Okay. Now Bon Jovi to describe this. Okay. Uh, and the reason that actually I, I hold Bon Jovi, I, I almost as much as it seems in reality that Bon Jovi the band seems to exist outside of space and time up until recently. Finally, John Bon Jovi, when he does the commercials for DirecTV or something, I think he finally has gray hair and he finally has some wrinkles on his face because this guy. I mean, I was thinking he was damn near immortal, like he he still would look amazing. And he and the amazing thing, too, with bon, with John Bon Jovi, particularly is that whatever the fashion is at the time, somehow he can still look like the one of the sexiest men alive rocking it. And I don't mean music fashion. I mean, like style, you know, like, like his hair, his clothes, whatever He somehow is still just like, whether he has long hair, short hair, whatever, he just looks fucking amazing. And honestly, with his gray hair, yeah, he still looks sexy as hell. There's, you know, I not taking anything away from him there. Um, but anyway, so I, you know, like I say, as much as Bon Jovi seems to exist outside of space and time, because no matter what they do, when they do it, it sells, uh, I sort of hold Bon Jovi like if I had a top five list, I sort of hold them outside of space and time because Bon Jovi. So this is something I used to do quite a bit Um, when I was really, you know, (laughs) rollicking around with the relationships. How about it? How about I describe it that way? Um, One of the first things I would do, and this was at a time when CD burning was still a really big deal, is, you know, I would have the entire whatever it, it added up to at the time. I would have the entire Bon Jovi discography and I can't really do this now. Like it doesn't make sense. And I and it doesn't make sense also to hand somebody an MP3 player or something. Uh so this this kind of trick is lost. Um and like I don't think there's anything nostalgically nice about it with like giving somebody CDs anymore because who even has a fucking CD player? You know, maybe in their car or something. But anyway, um I would what I would do is if I was really into a gal. I would give her, uh, you know, like I'd buy one of those little, um, you know, case logic, like uh, 12 CD cases or, you know, tw- where it has like the sleeves and everything. And then I would buy the, in fact, the company was Verbatim. Uh, th- that's the name of the company, Verbatim. They made uh, rewritable or writable and rewritable uh, disc optical media. And they had ones that looked like records which were really cool. They, they were CDs that looked like records and they even had like kind of a scratchy top to them or, you know, like a, like it had a, uh, a texture at the top. That's the word I was looking for. And I would just make, make them an entire, a copy of the entire discography of Bon Jovi. And in fact, if I was still with the gal and the new Bon Jovi album came out, um, I would either mail them, you know, or whatever, because sometimes I was involved in, you know, long-distance polyamorous relationships, whatever. Um, I would, I would mail them, like, you know, the new CD. <laughs> uh, and like I would do this because, you know, ladies my age, maybe this isn't all true. I don't know because I know I have a lot of, uh, I, I know I have a lot of ladies that are uh, patrons. Uh, But ladies my age around my age generally love Bon Jovi, whether they listen to him regularly or not. If you put on Bon Jovi, they're all over it. They're all about it. And great. That's good. okay. (laughs) but understand that me genuinely without whether or not women were into it or not, I genuinely love Bon Jovi's work. Like, I I mean, I think it's phenomenal stuff. And that's what we're going to break down here uh, in this episode. And we're gonna you know, we'll do the full ranking. So but this is something I, I did a lot. And I I think it I think it helped matters out, you know? Not that you can necessarily fuck to Bon Jovi, but it can definitely get you in the mood and can get you feeling like pretty uh well, pun intended, wild in the streets, shall we say. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Woo! Uh, and it'd be really nice, you know, cause like I'd go visit a gal or something and, and she'd have one of those CDs playing, you know, in, in her little Sony boom box or something. And, and again, the world's different now. You can't exactly do that, but at the time there, you know, that had a lot of meaning and, and like that really meant something. And also at the time, especially earlier on, uh, not everybody had a CD burner, you know, so that was kind of a rare thing. And that even gave you a little bit of an edge, like, Ooh this guy can make mix CDs, all right, you know, <laughs> so that was, you know, that, that didn't hurt at all, but anyway, um, so, but that's how important Bon Jovi is to me, like, it, it's, it's just been a major part in, in, at so many different points, in so many ways, um, in my life, it's my life, whoo, pun, uh, but yeah, so I want to do a ranking, and because if you've never really, like, if all you know are some of the songs off of maybe Slippery When Wet, or New Jersey, or something like that, or maybe you know it's my life from uh, from Crush in uh, that that came out what was that two thousand. Um, if that's yeah, that was in two thousand. If that's all you know, there is a whole world of Bon Jovi you have no idea about, and there are albums that you probably never listened to. Certainly, songs you never listened to that are absolute magic. That I mean, they are just they are some of the, they are just tremendous pieces of work, and they. They have stylistic cues to types of music that you would not expect. There are whole, I mean, almost whole albums that sound like the Rolling Stones, if you're a fan of the Rolling Stones, which I am. I'm a huge fan of the Rolling Stones Uh, there. I mean, there's all kinds of wild shit because it's a very talented band with a lot of varied ability and and who got so, so big, uh, particularly in the 80s and early 90s, that they could get away with doing anything on on their albums, and they could they could put in some some really really interesting tracks uh, on an album that would still have four or five huge hits, you know. Uh, so that's that's what I want to break down to or, or break into, and that's what uh, you know, maybe you're having a breakdown because I'm talking about Bon Jovi. Okay, <laughs> but but anyway, uh, let's let's do this. Let, let's start breaking them down, uh, and I, and we'll start from we'll start from the top, or, or I mean we'll start from the bottom you know, from, from the least best to the best, best. How about that? Okay. Because I, I, I dare not say that there's, re- I don't really think that there's a bad Bon Jovi album. I think they're all, they all have, I mean, some are very different from others, but they all have something special about them. They, they all have something that, that really works. Uh, so, so let's, let's break into these. And I also, I'm not going to do any live albums and I'm not going to do, uh, I'm not going to do any of the like uh, solo works or side projects because John Bon Jovi, uh, I think he has a couple uh, of of solo solo CDs that he's done, or at least the one. I'm not going to count the Power Station years. Uh, and Richie Sambora, who left the band a couple years ago, and supposedly is welcome to come back anytime, whatever. Uh, I mean, it's not a situation like what happened with Alex Van Sutch, who was in the band and they, they fired. Like they said, no, you get the hell out of here. Uh, of course that was back during the New Jersey days. It was back, you know, before the nineties. And then they brought in, uh, uh, is it not Phil Laurie, Hugh Laurie? No, I I think I'm, I'm thinking of somebody else. Anyway, no, maybe it's Hugh Laurie. I forget his name or maybe it's Phil Hugh. Whatever. Uh, (laughs) So (laughs) the guy, they're, they're bassist. He like, it's, it's amazing. This guy, you know everybody knows the the drummer. Everybody knows Tico Torres. Everybody knows John Bonjovi. Everybody knows Richie Sambora. But like most people, never really knew the basis that it was originally Alex Van such and then they had the other guy come in. And this guy doesn't want to be known. He's in some of the pictures for things, but he doesn't want to be known because that way he gets to play and have all the fun being in one of the biggest bands in the world. But then he doesn't get swamped at stores like. Um, uh you know, like 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 John Bon Jovi does, or even like David Bryan, you know, their keyboardist and everything, who's got a lot of talent. And he also has a um uh he has a a, a solo album called Lunar Eclipse, but we're not going to get into any of those. But that again, one of the solo albums, that being by Richie Sambora, who also is not in the band right now, he just came out with, of course, he got married to or I think they're married to to Orianthe, who is an awesome guitarist, known for her work with uh, Michael Jackson and others. Anyway, They came out with like an EP today, actually, September 29th, 2017, where it was it was like five tracks. Very it was. I love it. I think it's awesome. Uh, It's called RSO. That's, I guess, the name of their band. And the album is called Rise. Uh, Not a very original album name, but whatever. But it's more or less an EP. The first track opens up really hot. Uh, and then the other four have a lot of varied styles to them, but I, but I actually, I, I really like it. And of course, Richie also had that song, the single that he released that was only available on iTunes. And I can't believe it. it's still only available on iTunes. The only way I have it is because, uh, like I ripped, somebody put it on YouTube, thankfully, and I just ripped the YouTube sound. Uh, but come back as me, which is an awesome song. Uh, and also Richie had, you know. He had his his first solo album was a big deal back in I think that was like 1990 or 91, which was Stranger in This Town, Uh, and he's had two others besides that I, at least. And but Stranger in This Town, House what was it was a House of Blues or not House of Blues House of oh fuck anyway great album. There's a song on there Rosie. If you want to hear something extant from one of the guys in Bon Jovi. The song Rosie is fucking awesome. That should have been on a Bon Jovi album. It is so goddamn good. It's heavy. It's got great licks, great lyrics, uh, the whole thing. It, it, it's Yeah, yeah. Stranger in this town. Awesome album. But I'm not going to get into those, and I'm not going to do any of the live albums, uh, even though uh, they've only really had a couple over their entire career, which is actually pretty impressive that that's all it's been. Um, I won't, except for Crossroad, I probably, I, I don't think, I won't be ranking... Um, any of their other, cause Crossroad has like four or five new songs on it. Um, but I won't be ranking their greatest hits albums. Um, even though there's the, the album, this left feels right, which is kind of what you, what you could call a remix album, but it's done by the band itself. And that's not bad. Like I, I like this left feels right. Uh, especially they, they do a rendition on that of, um, wanted dead or alive where, well, you kind of, I can't describe it. You have to hear it. And it's, it's not that different, but it's like somehow they pulled it off to be a lot more Epic. Uh, and then they do living on a prayer where Bon Jovi actually does a duet of living on a prayer with Olivia Diabo, uh, Diabo. I think that's how you pronounce her name, who, if you remember from Conan, the destroyer, not the barbarian Conan, the destroyer, uh, she played, uh, the princess, the blonde princess in that. Uh, and that, that's, awesome. I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff on that album, but I'm, I'm not going to include that uh, in the rankings here. Um, so anyway, I'm also, I'm probably not going to, they, they had, they had that big compilation album, which is a uh, hundred million Bon Jovi fans. Can't be wrong. I'm not going to include that here either because that's like a lot of outtakes and really the best song off of that in a different form ended up on have a nice day from 2005 anyway. So so that, that won't be making this list. I just want you to know that I know there's a bunch of other extant albums, live albums and whatever else that, that, that could be included, but they're not here. So, all right, let's, let's get into this now. Um, the first, the first album on here, uh, that we're, that we're going to get into is one of their latest, not their latest, but one of their latest. And it's from 2013 and it's called what about now? That's the, that's the name of the album. It was still it still sold. It still did serious money. They still toured for it and they sold out every every venue. OK, it really only had one hit that they released. And that's the very first track, which is Because We Can. Now, this isn't the first album of the bunch. Like what happens is, is there's a moment and, and we'll talk about this. This album is surprisingly a little bit higher on this list. Um, there was, they came out with lost highway in 2007, Bon Jovi did. And this was actually a country album. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. I'm not a country fan, but we'll talk about it. Okay. Uh, after lost highway, um, they, they came out, they've had like three or so, three or four or so albums after that. And these albums have had this very toned down, it's rock, but it's not really hard rock and there's no really crazy riffs or anything, which maybe that's why Richie Sambora left because he was tired of not being able to, you know, to to put in some hard riffs or something. Uh it, it's very I mean, it almost sounds like U two, and I'm not a fan of U two. Uh, in fact, U2 might be another one of the bands, though, that you could rank up there with, like, Bon Jovi and others where, look, they they just, they're always on top, you know, like Metallica and, uh, and Aerosmith, where they're just always on top. U2 certainly deserves to be in that ranking, I guess, even though I'm not a fan. Um, but they started to sound sort of like U2, not as, not as bad, because I, I just, I can't handle Bono. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, and a lot of those albums are actually at the bottom of this list, because it's just the sound that Bon Jovi does a great job with. It's very epic and it has a lot of emotion behind it, but I'm I'm just not feeling it. And the bulk of the songs on this album aren't bad, but they're also like, like nothing's, nothing's really, it's not blowing up my skirt. It's not making me all excited. It's not something I listen to while I'm working out. Not that every album has to be something that I can work out to or fuck to or something, but yeah, it's just not there. Uh, in I, I mean the the song because we can I really enjoy that I like that 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 has a little bit of guitar uh, you know I mean not a heavy guitar but that's got a bit of a guitar to it and everything uh, and not not terrible but there's not a whole lot to say about this album everything else on it really isn't that memorable uh you know there's there's nothing nothing terribly impressive here so why don't we just go on to the next album now the next album actually is their latest album from 2016 and it's this house is not for sale. Uh, this, this album has, well, a couple interesting things about this. One is, is they released every song from this album on YouTube ahead of the release of the album. And Bon Jovi said, look, he said, you're not, you know, (laughs) there's no point in holding back on the songs. Like people are going to hear it one way or the other. You might as well be the person out, you know, putting it out there out front and at least get people going to your channels. And this is the thing about John Bon Jovi that people don't know. He is an incredible, he's an incredibly shrewd businessman, very, very shrewd businessman. Uh, In fact, he has, he has like these, these four rules um, that I've personally lived by for a long, long time. Um, He kind of has like these four golden rules and I keep them written down and everything. Uh, And the the main one out of it is think really, really long term. Uh, And he's obviously done that. Because I think a lot of these songs, they probably wrote at the same time, but they just like would start releasing them, you know, on various albums over a certain amount of time and everything. But, you know, like and and there's other rules of business rules that he lays out that are that are just just pure gold. Um, so he gets it. He knows the score. He's not living in the 1980s still or the 90s or something like that. He's very aware of what's going on. So you can listen to this entire album absolutely for free. You don't have to pay for Spotify or get the ad version of spot. You don't have to do any of that. You can go right on YouTube, rock and roll. Uh, and I, I like this album. It, it it still it still has that sound that you're hearing. in what about now? That is a little like, OK, come on, give me a little something more. Give me some more energy. Uh, but it kind of works in this, the song, this house is not for sale is fairly, you know, it has, has some fair rock to it. You know, it, it's got, it's, it's got some, it's got some riffage. Okay. Uh, I enjoy that. I mean, and most of the tracks are very enjoyable. Devils in the temple, um, a labor of love. I mean, like the, there's, there's a few good songs on this one. I, I really like it. Uh, and it, and actually later on, if you get the, if you get the deluxe edition where it gets into like all hail the King, uh, we don't run, Good night New York there this is something that we'll cover as we go over all of these albums. Bon Jovi albums, some of the best Bon Jovi songs never even saw forget about the fact that they never charted forget about the fact that they never went on the radio. They never got released in America like ever they were on the you know on these uh, on on the international releases of these albums and we'll we'll describe that I mean like some of their best fucking songs ever. You know, minus the three songs we mentioned earlier from, uh, you know, from slippery when wet. Uh, and that's criminal. Like that's really criminal. Like I remember, well, we'll talk about as we break into these, but anyway, this is a band where really, you want to make sure you're getting like deluxe editions or you're getting all of the bonus tracks and you want to do the research and look into that because those bonus tracks, I'm not kidding, are just some of the best rock you'll ever hear, but they're total bonus tracks. Never saw the light of day in America, not officially. So anyway, um, yeah. So this house is not for sale. Good album. You know, it's a good outing. It's a lot better than what about now? Like by, I mean, orders of magnitude, it's better than what about now? Uh, So anyway, let, let's move on from that. Uh, And then we can get into really the album that started this new sound, which was in 2009 uh, called the circle, uh, which had a a few, a a couple of big hits actually as to where the previous two albums I just described really only had their one major lead track hit. Uh, you know, what about now had, um, you know, had the, the first track off of that. Uh, this house is not for sale, had the title track off of that. Uh, and with the circle, you had two songs or there was actually, I think three songs that were, that were a really big deal. Uh, we weren't born to follow. That was, that was a fair hit. Uh, when we were beautiful, that's, it's actually a really cool, epic song, and I think that song was so big for them that they tried to make their, pre- the, their, uh, the preceding albums that came after it sort of fall into that sound, at least in some form or fashion, because what about now, almost the whole album sounds like When We Were Beautiful, sounds like the, the song When We Were Beautiful. Uh, Superman Tonight was a pretty big song off of that album as well, so they had three, you know, legitimate hits off of uh, The Circle, but it was a, uh, I almost feel like, so this came just two years after their country album of Lost Highway. I feel like maybe they wanted to try a country album. I mean, now everybody's trying a country album, but they did it before anybody else did. Because again, Bon Jovi is a very shrewd businessman, way ahead of the curve, always is. And, you know, John Bon Jovi. And he was doing, you know, he was making the country albums before, uh, uh, you know, Steven Tyler from Aerosmith was, or before like even oh, this pisses me off the Rick Springfield made a country album. And before all these guys were making country albums, they were way ahead of it as far as being a rock, a hard rock band, metal band that, that was making a country album. We'll talk about that in a minute. But anyway, I think after that, they felt like they could kind of reset their sound because then they said, okay, well now we can come out with just about anything as long as it's not country even though Lost Lost Highway did, did fairly well. Uh, so The Circle was, I could almost argue, kind of a downward spiral in style for me, but they're still good albums. It's just different. It's it's just a very, very different, or not a very different, but it's a fairly different Bon Jovi um, that you're listening to when you get after Lost Highway. Um so anyway, but le- then let's talk about that. Let's talk about Lost Highway. So this came out in 2007. Uh, again, this was a really big deal. Uh, even though it is technically a country album, uh, they still had a major pop hit on it with a song that was barely country uh, called uh, You Want to Make a Memory, which is a beautiful ballad. Great ballad. Uh, I, I really, really like that. I mean, the, the, the whole production around it, even like the music video was good. Everything about it was good uh, or was uh, was enjoyable. So uh, you want to make a memory. That was the big the big hit off of this. Uh, I don't know. I I mean, like, it's tough for me because I actually listen to this album a lot. I think this is a great album. And like I said, I don't like country, but it has it still has kind of that Bon Jovi style that we were getting used to uh, with some of their other albums throughout the aughts, particularly that being, you know, crush and have a nice day. Uh, and bounce all three of those albums, um, like uh, let's see, we we ain't strangers anymore. That did with Leanne Rimes. Um I think. No, I don't know that that was that was such a huge hit, uh, but a uh, whole lot of leaving uh, was was kind of a big hit. One of the really enjoyable songs on there is "We Got It Going On," nice party song. And they they get in some some great like metal guitar as well you know electric guitar not just uh, you know more of your your country styled guitar even though country gets some gets an electric guitar in there but they do the song with big and rich and it's pretty cool <laughs> like I mean it it's a it's a very very fun song um, any other day that's a that that's a solid song on there uh, there's I love this town that's a fun kind of like down hokum country song <laughs> uh, that that I like. Uh, This is another one where if you didn't get like the international edition or the deluxe edition, one of the best songs on there is put the boy back in cowboy. Holy shit. Is that a fun song? That is a fun ass song. And I mean, and it's got a good, you know, like it's got a good heavy guitar to it. It points to, and uh, I mean, just hilarious and actually kind of sexy. I, man, again, this is, this starts, this one in particular kind of starts the trend. Or no, th- this doesn't start the trend, but this this speaks to the trend that the best some of the best Bon Jovi songs you can ever hear were never released in America. Not officially, anyway, um, or, you know, not not in not at the record stores, not at Walmart, wherever. Uh, so, yeah, so Lost Highway. Yeah, it was a country album, um, but he was ahead of his time and understand that in the like late 90s and early aughts a lot of writers songwriters that were in the hard rock and metal scene were names that you probably didn't even know were actually moving to Nashville and they were starting to write songs for country singers. Uh, and they really like, I, I think, I don't think a lot of people realize this. So now I don't want to get into the arguments because there's arguments to be made that country music was created by the CIA way back in the fifties or something, or even previous, uh, I'm not, I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> okay. That is a, that is a huge can of worms. Um, but country music, I think it's rise in popularity, particularly in the aughts where it became very mainstream and, uh, you know, and, and suddenly you're having these very wild concerts, you know, you're getting past the days of Clint black, uh, you know, and Kenny Chesney and, and, the, and those kind of acts. Well, Kenny Chesney is another, another story, but anyway, I think, Country's really crazy rise in the aughts totally comes from the fact that metal artists and hard rock, or you know, songwriters and everything, were invading Nashville and were taking all of their music to the next level. Uh, for example, Trace Adkins, okay, uh, like he had that one, he had a song that was huge, "Honky Tonk Badonkadonk," right? Sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? It was written by Dan Huff. Now, Dan Huff is from one of my favorite hard rock acts, that being Giant. That's the name of the band, Giant. Who uh, has had a a few albums and I've I've covered them on previous Patreon episodes, I think. Uh, And I mean, but you'd never know, you know, like you're just like, oh, it's a country song. Fuck it. It's country. No, a lot of these songs are actually written by metal artists or, or hard rock artists and everything. And so, so that's, so, I mean, th- this direction was happening. Bon Jovi was in many ways, just kind, kind of first. I'm not saying he's the first one, but he was one of the first. Uh, and it, and I think it worked. I I think it really, really worked. Certainly worked a lot better than when Def Leppard tried to do it. Fuck that shit. Uh, so anyway, let's move on to a, to another album here. So the next album I got is actually a really a, a greatest hits. Um, and it, it's a very, I mean, one of the best selling greatest hits albums of all time. Uh, but that's Crossroad originally from 1994. Now there is a bonus disc version of Crossroad that has some interesting cuts on it, but really there's, there's a fatal flaw with this. I mean, you would think that a Bon Jovi greatest hits should like almost be a number one, just about anywhere with almost anybody. No, not with me (laughs) because all right, so there, there's some good new songs on there. Someday I'll Be Saturday Night, very cool song. In fact, sounds a lot like it's kind of a precursor to the sound that they would start going with after Lost Highway, right? When, when we got into albums like The Circle, What About Now, and, uh, you know, This House Is Not For Sale. Um, you have uh, Always, I think, is, it was, a, was a new track on that. Uh, and and there, there's, there's a couple others on there that are, that are new tracks. Here's where it falls apart, okay? And also... Uh, Blaze of Glory gets put on there. That's important to point out, uh, which was from uh, Bon Jovi. John Bon Jovi did the score for Young Guns 2, the movie Young Guns 2. And he did a song on there called Blaze of Glory, which is an awesome song. Technically a solo work, but it, it's so good. Kind of like that song Rosie by Richie Sambora that I mentioned. It deserves to be on a Bon Jovi album. I'm glad it got there. Uh, but there's a song. They did a remix of living on a prayer. They call it prayer 94. It's terrible. It's just one of the worst fucking things. It's so bad. Like, like I said, there was the the quote unquote remix album of this left feels right. Uh, where they redid a bunch of their popular songs in in completely different styles and everything they, they did Living on a prayer on there. In fact, they turned it into, to a duet and it was kind of slow, but it worked prayer. 94 horrendous, fucking horrendous. Uh, and I mean, fortunately, they still put Living on a Prayer on the album. I mean, if they didn't, you know, I think there would have been, uh, not Wild in the streets, there would have been riots in the streets. Uh, so Crossroad, it's it's good. And, and the, the few songs that, you know, the three or so songs that are new on it are fantastic, but that Prayer 94 is so bad, uh, it's unforgivable, you know. <laughs> so... So it it, it causes this to chart very, very low. But I do like, I mean, I really do like the new songs that are off there. Like Someday I'll Be Saturday Night, I think it's such a great little song. Um, That played well off of not what is the next album on the list, but what was the kind of of the the, the coinciding release. uh, Because they would come out with their greatest hits, and then within that year in 95, or, you know, that was 94, but then in 95, but the time frame that they actually released was within a year, uh, they released these days, uh, which was, a, a, also a departure. It was kind of a new sound and a unique, somewhat of a unique sound for Bon Jovi. Uh, we'll talk about that later because that ranks very high on the list, even though it doesn't sound like, most of the songs you would have, you know, most of the the hits you would have heard off of crossroad. So, but let's go on to the next album. And the next album is actually one of their very early albums from 1985. So Bon Jovi started in 84. They had their self-titled album. Uh, and then they, the next year, the following year, again, they had all that talent, Uh, They came out with their sophomore album, which was uh, 7,800 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, the name 7,800 degrees Fahrenheit, a lot of people don't actually know what what the fuck is that. Like, why pick that temperature? What's the big deal here? Is Bon Jovi just that hot? Well, maybe. But 7,800 degrees Fahrenheit is the temperature at which rock burns. (laughs) You get it? Hard rock. 7,800 degrees Fahrenheit is when it melts. Not when it burns. I'm sorry, when it melts. It's a pun. I, I thought it was pretty clever. Uh, Most people know the song In and Out of Love, which is the title track for this album. Uh, There's some other great songs on this King of the Mountain, Tokyo Road, uh, Secret Dreams. I mean, like like there's some genuinely great quality songs and it has. Post rock is actually a that's actually a genre, Um, but I think this was an attempt. This this doesn't sound like anything that you would normally find under post rock, but I feel like this was an attempt of mixing Of of trying to do something that was rock, but was something beyond that. And maybe if electronic, you know, some kind of EDM or electronic, I mean, it's not, you can't dance to it. It, Don't, don't, don't confuse me. I'm just saying that they make rock instruments sound very, very different on this album. Uh, and I don't know what to call that. Okay. (laughs) But, uh, but this is a very unique, very unique album, but I, I enjoy the hell out of it. Uh, and, and I think, I mean, it's pop rock, but there's something a little extra. There's something very unique about 7,800 degrees Fahrenheit. So, uh, so it ranks a little, little bit higher up, um, uh, on, on the list here. So, but you know, and then actually let's, let's just do the next one. Uh, of course the, the next on, on here is the, the uh, is the, the title or, uh, the self-titled album from 84, that being Bon Jovi's Bon Jovi. That's why it's a self-titled album. Uh, the hit runaway Is easily, you know, I mean, just the most recognizable song off of it. It is an awesome song. It is, Runaway is a lot of fun. Runaway is one of the, I mean, that's where it was leading into with 7,800 degrees Fahrenheit, where like, okay, yeah, we can tell that this is hard rock, but you've got something different going on there. Like, I mean, you you have David Bryan, you know, on the keyboards and everything. And I always love when a band has a keyboardist because that just adds like this level of class, like deep purple has a keyboardist. A lot of the bands in the, in the seventies, you know, a lot of the rock acts metal acts had, uh, you know, had keyboardists at the time. Um, not many in the eighties would danger danger would, uh, sometimes people, you know, Motley Crue would kind of bring it in at points, but Tommy, Tommy Lee would be playing it, but that was kind of a rarity and Bon Jovi's got it and they make it work. They make it work really well. And Runaway is one of the places where David Bryan gets to shine. I mean, just really gets to shine. That is is such a cool song. Uh, But there's I mean, you know, most of the tracks on there are fantastic. Uh, In fact, don't get confused because like track four on there is called Shot Through the Heart. That is not uh, You Give Love a Bad Name. They're not the same song, not even remotely the same song. It just so happens that it has the title Shot Through the Heart, you know, which everybody remembers that lyric from uh, uh, You Give Love a Bad Name. But uh, I mean, Breakout, Burning for Burning for Love is an awesome song. Uh, burn for love, burn with fire. I, I I love that. The lyric, everything about it's great. Get ready is a, a solid song. It's a, it's a great album. Like I really, really, I mean, especially for our first outing, that's amazing. What's more amazing is now their sophomore album didn't, didn't necessarily hit the same. Like I, I I think this is the better album. And I've talked about many times how it's really hard for, uh you know, it's easy for just about anybody to come out with one album, but compared to to, you know, one hit album, but to do another one, that's the real challenge. Uh, 7,800 degrees Fahrenheit was a fair hit, but it's amazing that their third album was their biggest. I mean, like that's that you, it generally doesn't work that way unless you're changing styles. And I don't think they'd necessarily so much change styles, but regardless, um, we're reaching the point here where you get into the albums that I guess, in my opinion, are, are a little more pass or They're not passable. It's not like you want to ignore them. There's great shit on them, but It's not like the must listens as to where everything from here on out is going to be a must listen. Okay, so now I want to I what I really want to do is break them down by numbers. Okay, because we're going to go from we're going to do a top seven now. Everything before the seven, you could argue about where where it belongs. Uh, I mean, and I guess with this, you could still argue where they belong. But this is going to end up being a little bit different but we'll start it with what I think some people might see as an end of an era, either this or it's, it's proceeding album, which is uh, keep the faith. But, uh, 19, 1988's New Jersey, one of the biggest selling albums of all time. Uh, you know, cause it's just, it's, it's the sequel to, uh, to, uh, um, you know, slippery when wet, which slippery when wet, easily one of the biggest selling albums of all time. Uh, and that's a hard, you know, that's a hard act to follow coming after Slippery When Wet. However, I think Bon Jovi pulled it off. And a lot of other people obviously think that they pulled it off because this album was just huge and it has a ton of hits on it. And it's stylistically, it's very similar to uh, to Slippery When Wet, uh, because after, you know, a- after New Jersey, there's a real, real change in, in sound and tone, even though there might be one or two songs that would harken back to this time frame uh, or to this the style. Like the, the, that's when changes started happening, and and I think it's because you know after you do slippery and wet, and you do New Jersey, and you're still selling out, you know, or selling you know selling big time. Um, the band is like, okay, now we can do a little bit of what we want. We can experiment a little. And I think that's what ends up happening after New Jersey. Uh, and even within New Jersey a bit, because later down, later on down the album, a lot of people don't know those songs, even though there's still some very, very solid, uh, songs that come, that that come out on that. Uh, there is an ultimate edition of New Jersey that came out a few years ago that, you know, has a ton of bonus tracks and all this, all this other cool stuff that you can hear from that era. uh, That I definitely recommend. But anyway, I mean, this album opens right up. You know, it's 1988. You're opening right up with "Lay Your Hands on Me," which is almost like this. uh, <laughs> It's like going to church, you know, when you listen to this song, and then it just breaks into that. Dun, 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 come on, I mean, you know, it's just nuts, right? Uh, That I, I love that song. <laughs> it has a really long intro to it, but the when it, when it finally gets to its, you know, crescendo and punch, the intro is totally worth it. You know, like it's worth hearing it for that minute or however long it goes. And, you know, John is saying all that, you know, if you want to be free from your body. You got to free your mind or something. I mean, it's just like this crazy shit, but it's, it's so good. Uh, or it's, it it's just, it's so cool. And it, and it just, it delivers and it punches right when you want it to. Uh, then, so after lay your hands on me, you know, which is this, <laughs> I mean, some people claim, like, Bon Jovi is a bit of a cult. Like, they even have their little symbol, right? The Superman symbol with kind of with, like, the the road in it. You know, the road from slippery and wet. And, like, that if you get that, if you get, you know, you get, you... John Bon Jovi will give that pendant to people. And if he gives you one, like, you're part of the Bon Jovi family and you don't have anything to worry about for the rest of your life. I mean, so some people do consider Bon Jovi to be a little bit cultish. I don't know. But anyway, so lay your hands on me is certainly... Uh, The opening, you know, the opening hymn for for any Bon Jovi show. And it should be anyway. Uh, But then it goes right into Bad Medicine. Another just badass song. I mean, just 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 wild. uh, What that gets into totally fits in with everything done on Slippery When Wet. Uh, I mean, just a, a lot of fun. And then it gets into this is a song that I think this is like the one song that never seems to make. Uh, though it might have been because they did a two disc greatest hits that they released like in 2012. Um, it might have been on that, but it was on this left feels right. But of course, it's a remix of it. And it's a completely different song from what uh, uh, from what appears on New Jersey. But this is this is one of their best songs that you don't. I, it was a hit, but like never shows up on any of their greatest hits albums and usually doesn't appear on a live album either. And that's uh born to be my baby. Killer song. I mean, just a great, great song, you know, really, I mean, and and actually it feels born to be my baby feels like their first album feels like they're 84 self-titled, uh, easily in my opinion, like I would put, I would maybe put that in Bon Jovi's top five, uh, best songs, just fantastic. Uh, but there's other stuff there, you know, they, they, they shake it up a bit. Blood on blood. Um, I'll be there for you is one of their big ballads uh stick to your guns. I mean, th- th- there's so many living in sin. There's so many great songs on uh, on New Jersey. It's the per- it really is the perfect follow up, which is not doesn't always work. It doesn't always happen uh, with with you know when you get a a major hit like Slippery and Wet was. I mean, it didn't supersede Slippery and Wet, but it's solid as a rock. You know, I mean, like <laughs> no pun intended. I mean, it it is it's right up there. You know, there, there's no reason like, I mean, you, you, I don't think you could do better, you know, following that up. I mean, for example, like consider, you know, bands actually in the similar ilk that we described earlier, where it's these people that are always on top, you know, when you think like Metallica has their slippery one wet, which was for, for the conventional crowd was, you know, the black album. Right. And then they, um, you know, then they do load, which is this drastic departure from what they had done on the black album. And they've never really returned to that sound uh, from the black album. They've tried to return to their even more classic stuff, but they've never really matched uh, the black album. And, you know, I kind of wonder if it's because and look, I you have no idea how much I love Metallica. I have all their five and six disc sets and all that shit. I love Metallica, but I don't know that they could do it. I think that's the thing is that the black album is is such a piece of perfection. I don't think you could follow that up. ACDC, speaking of another black album, Back in Black, I don't think they followed that up. I mean, that is, that is literally the second best-selling album of all time, Back in Black, next to, uh, next to Thriller. You couldn't follow that up. M- Michael Jackson could follow it up. He, he followed up Thriller with Bad, and Bad is as great. I mean, it's not Thriller, but it's just the same situation where New Jersey is, the, is Bon Jovi's Bad Right. Compared to it's it's slippery and wet, which is it's thriller. I mean, it's a great it's actually a perfect analogy, uh, you know, but no, nobody can think lesser of the album. I mean, New Jersey is just fantastic. Uh, but anyway, let, let's let's move on from that. So, you know, you have that uh, again, it doesn't supersede slippery when wet, but it's there. Um, now we get into, like I said, this is we're we're in our top seven where it actually matters. So number seven was New Jersey. Let's go to number six. Number six is an album that I think it was still big, it still sold, it still had a, a like a number one hit, um, that being the title track for it, Have a Nice Day, that's the album from 2005, Have a Nice Day. Uh, this is, I feel like it is such an underrated album, such an underrated album, and it actually, it is the album where it suddenly made me realize, holy shit, I need to get the international versions of all of Bon Jovi's albums, because there were, I heard... Because uh, I was really like, at the, especially at this time in 2005, like I was really into uh, like for whatever reason, I was way more into Bon Jovi than than usual. You know what? Why? Why that was happening? I I can't exactly remember. But anyway, so I was like, l- you know, digging really deep and I found these songs that weren't released in the U.S. Uh, the songs being because normally the track or normally the, the album in the United States uh, ended with. Uh, I think it ended with Novocaine, or or no, it, end, it ended with Story of My Life. For some reason, I was thinking it ended with Complicated, but I think it ended with Story of My Life. So there's three tracks that were on the international version. There's Dirty Little Secret, Unbreakable, and These Open Arms. Now, These Open Arms is a fine little ballad, nothing wrong with that. Dirty Little Secret and Unbreakable, especially Dirty Little... I mean, they're both great, but especially Dirty Little Secret, fucking another one that that totally belongs that I would put in my top 5 Bon Jovi songs of all time. Uh in in fucking incredible. <laughs> like such a sexy, naughty, dirty track. I mean it really is. And Unbreakable is a nice little badass track. I actually I love listening to Unbreakable when I'm working out. Uh it's got that just this like really heavy really heavy riff of den den dun. I mean, it just it just hits you like a ton of bricks. It, I mean, it's not heavy like Suicide, uh, you know, Suicide Silence or something, but it's heavy. You know, for for Bon Jovi, it's heavy, and, and I think it's it's such a cool song. Uh, but this this album has a ton to offer, and it's really a track for track album, which you can't always say about Bon Jovi, where every song is really that good that you're willing to, to listen to it. Now, you do get little hints in here. Of the sound that they would eventually, shall I say, perfect, but maybe not, as a good thing. But the sound that they would perfect when you get to the, their, their later albums, like uh, the Circle, What About Now, um, and This House Is Not for Sale, you get little glimpses of that. But there's still plenty of hard rockers in this. Uh, the The opening track, Have a Nice Day, which is actually a it's a fuck you song. It's not like oh, have a nice day. It's you know more of a you know Clint Eastwood, Have a Nice Day. Uh, uh and, and then it, so it goes, it opens up with, I have a nice day. Then it goes to, I want to be loved. Um, which is also like a really cool, has a nice, uh, you know, it has Richie doing his wow, wow, you know, all that stuff. Uh, and then, uh, then it has track three goes into welcome to wherever you are slower song, but it really it, it does, it does appeal to the emotions. Like I, I really like that. I think it's a nice song. Uh, who says you can't go home. This was weird. This is when the country actually started. So, or that this country collaboration, because right after this, this is oh five. Right after this would be Lost Highway in oh seven. So, they do. uh, I think it was was with Lady Antebellum. They do a country version of Who Says You Can't Go Home, and it becomes a huge hit. So, actually, I should say there's like at least two huge hits off of this. Well, Have a Nice Day wasn't a huge hit, but Who Says You Can't Go Home was a major, major hit. Uh, especially on the country charts, because there's a country version of it. And uh, I mean, it's a fine song without the country version. I don't really care for the country version, even though it's a duet. And that's kind of nice. Uh, but yeah, but it goes into who says you can't go home, which was a hit, whichever version you happen to listen to. Uh, and then track five here, track five is the interesting one. OK, and this this is exciting for me. So in the, the year previous, in 2004, they released there was it like a five discs box set called 100 Million Bon Jovi Fans uh, Can't Be Wrong. Loaded with demos, unreleased songs, and all that stuff. It's a very worthy box set. It's a very well-done box set. Some box sets are shit and really don't offer anything. This is a box set that's n- not exactly a greatest hits, but it just offers, I mean, it just gives you so such a, a, a great uh, collection of rarities from Bon Jovi that you probably just never knew existed and some of them are like tracks from these again it's one of the ways that I was introduced to tracks that were only available overseas that weren't available in the United States because they made them available in this collection not all of them though so you still want to be looking for those international editions Um, but one of the one of the unreleased tracks on there was a song called Last Man Standing. Now this is really interesting, and this is the power of Bon Jovi and probably why they feel confident when they do remixes and like re reinterpretations of their own songs. Uh there's a song in there called Last Man Standing. And in the booklet for one hundred million Bon Jovi fans can't 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 be wrong. It says that this will appear on our next album. So that was cool already. When I read that, I was like, Oh shit, all right, good. Um there's gonna be a new Bon Jovi album coming soon. Awesome. And it ended up being have a nice day. And the song last man standing ended up on on the album on the box set. It's this very slow, very epic. And I mean, it's genuinely an epic song. Uh, And it's all about and the songs got a great message, too. It's all about like everything being computerized, whatever. And, you know, nobody actually plays instruments anymore, blah, blah, blah. Uh, And it's really cool. And, And it's very epic on the box set. But then when it's on have a nice day, it's it's this really hard rocker. I mean, really fast paced, hard rocker. And I can't believe that they're the same song. You know, at, at the end of at the end of the day they're really the same song just like with with an up tempo and some you know a lot more uh riffs a lot more a lot more riffage as they would say uh in the nineties so that's really cool and it works both ways like both both versions of the song are equally as good uh I might even like the one off the box set the slower version a little bit better because it is such an epic like kind of story being told, which I know you wouldn't believe that out of a Bon Jovi song, but it really is. Uh, so that's cool. Last man standing is cool. Bells of freedom. I actually used to like that song a lot, but particularly more when, um, I was a little more yay America. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, then, uh, then it gets into songs that are, that are, you know, kind of okay, but I mean, they're still very enjoyable. They still keep the pace going. A uh, wildflower last cigarette. I am, uh, Complicated's a good song. The Novocaine story of my life. They're they're all they're all fairly good songs, and they start to kind of like hint again at that that new sound that's going to be coming when we get to like 2009 with the Circle and and the albums past that, and and it all kind of works. But again, if you have the international edition, then you get Dirty Little Secret, Unbreakable, and these Open Arms. It, it, again, those. T- and these open arms is is like I said, it's a fine, it's a very romantic, very nice, almost too cheesy, uh, uh, ballad. Okay, great. You know, Bon Jovi's awesome at those, obviously. So, uh, but dirty little secret and unbreakable, holy fuck! Like, I mean, this album just kicks your ass. You know, if if hard rock can kick your ass, if you don't need metal to kick your ass, if hard rock can kick your ass, this one does it. Uh, I I absolutely love uh, this album, and in fact, it's it's kind of the it, in a way, it's the end of a trilogy um, because what, what you get is, well, anyway, w- yeah, let's just go down the rest because we're going to finish up the trilogy and, and actually it'll go in order. Uh, so uh, Have a Nice Day was number six. Then we'll go to number five, which will be Bounce, which was uh, the album that came just previous to, uh, to Have a Nice Day. And this came out in 2003. Uh, this is another one where there's a whole lot of bonus tracks that you can get your hands on. Uh, the bonus tracks, not as riveting as what the bonus tracks for Have a Nice Day were, but they're well worth it. Uh, but this is another album where, yeah, kind of track for track. It just starts hitting you right right from the beginning. Undivided is a really cool song. Doesn't get it never really got played enough, even though I think it was supposed to be kind of a hit. But it it, it didn't exactly happen. But it's a great opener. And then you get Every Day. That's the second track, Every Day. Awesome song. In fact, I remember when this first came out, I was playing Madden 2003, which would have come out in 02. So it was just before I went into the military. Um, and every day was one of the songs on there that would play during the menu. And I always thought it was so awesome when that would come on. I mean, but again, that just goes to show how big a deal. Bon Jovi still was, is that he was getting, you know, in 2000, in 2002, he was getting lined up with all the latest acts like Andrew WK and, and he, which he was a big deal at the time, uh, you, you know, and, and a lot of these other people who have really come and gone. But Bon Jovi was still there. It's just amazing. Uh, so every day, you know, that that's a really cool song. Uh, it has a flavor like it's my life again. The, the three albums I'm describing here, we just did have a nice day. Now we have bounce and then we're going to get into the other. And I'm sure you can already guess what that is. Uh, they they have the similar style and sound and and Richie's doing a lot of his whoa, whoa, you know, and all that crap. Uh, it, but I think it's really cool. Like this is really I don't want to say it's my favorite Bon Jovi, but as far as like over a series of albums, it is my favorite, like my favorite version, my favorite style of Bon Jovi, uh, were these albums in the aughts, uh, that, that really conquered the aughts. I mean, and these were number one sellers. Understand the, I mean, these albums were, were not fucking around and you know, this is a band almost 20 years old at this point and they're getting put. I remember going to FYE and all the CD stores and every Indian you know, record stores and whatever. I mean, and they're getting top placement, you know oh yeah bounce right right at the front of the fucking store nobody else from the 80s was getting that shit nobody that's how big these guys I mean that's that's that that's what I'm trying to say is that look Bon Jovi like they they have uh uh, you know they have the clout they have the the reputation and they have the ability because they deliver on that reputation um so yeah every day really really you know great intense inspirational heavy song are heavy for Bon Jovi of course. Um, after that, you go into the distance. Nice song. That's fine. Joey. Nice song. Fine. Misunderstood. That's kind of a funny song that which Bon Jovi doesn't generally do a funny song, but that that kind of worked all about loving you. Good ballad. I mean, this is another one track for track. Every track you can listen to hook me up. Here's a nice another heavy little song uh, that that just has this really, really. I mean, the, the opening riff just makes you start moving. Uh, and then then uh, right side or wrong. You know, not bad. Love me back to life. You had me from hello. Uh, and then there's uh, Bounce, which, of course, is the title track, which that's another one of the heavy ones. Another like really inspirational song. I don't know. They they, they just pulled it out where they're like, yeah, I'm going to do this. You know, like that was kind of the attitudes of the songs. And, and I thought it just worked. And then there's also open uh, open all night, which is not the same thing as what was on. Uh, Have a nice day, but another nice ballad. So, you know, just another another great album. And they all have the same sound, all the same sound that started in the year 2000 with Crush, which was considered to be Bon Jovi's comeback, which I find kind of humorous because it really only had been five years. Like, you know, it it had been five years since their last album, which was These Days, which we'll talk about. Um, So I, I don't quite get. Like why? I mean, yeah, it's it's good marketing. It's a great way to, to get people excited about something when you say, oh, you know, here here's their uh, here's their comeback album. Right. But admittedly, like if if it were a longer amount of time, I would totally agree. This is absolutely like a comeback album. I mean, this is uh, similar to, say, Deep Purple, you know, coming back with Perfect Strangers. You know, after what I mean, I don't think that they were lackluster albums, but like as as far as coming back to kind of a prominence or maybe a sound that people are digging, whatever, uh, yeah, <laughs> it really, I mean, crush crushed it. It just did. I mean, this this was a monster album. You have no idea. Uh, and and oddly enough, it was a huge album. There weren't there weren't a whole lot of like chart topping hits. It's My Life was a big deal. Uh, I think Say It Is And So might have done fairly well uh, and Just Older might have been all right. But, you know, like it, it's, it's another one of those where it's track for track and it set the tone for the, the previous two albums, which we just talked about. And that's the thing that, again, this is hitting at my point, is that all the great Bon Jovi songs you've you probably if unless you are like me and you listen to the entire albums all the time, you missed them. You, you didn't you didn't hear them. And this is one where like there is there's whole stories. In fact, I've argued that Crush itself is a concept album and that there is an entire story being told in each song that and it's chronological. One takes place after the other. You have It's My Life, of course, just incredible fucking song. And the music video for that is so hot. Uh, Say It Isn't So fun, fun little song uh, that also had a music video. Um, thank you for loving me. That song was huge. Okay. So that was a big hit that ballad right there. And it's a great ballad. There's a good reason that it, that it was, it was so huge. Uh, two story town, man, I, I can feel that one. Okay. I like, I, I I can get the attitude that's, that's being laid out in that. I can really understand that two story town is this really kind of down and out song, but it's got this really cool, uh, I don't I you know I almost want to call it a New Jersey guitar like it's just this weird like city guitar sound uh that that exists that that Bon Jovi's one of the one of the few that can really pull that off. Um I mean it almost has this is where you almost get a little bit still that stone Rolling Stones feel that I was talking about but I'll describe that more a little bit later. Uh then you get Next 100 Years, not a bad song, just older, great song uh with a great message, you know, uh just saying you know, I haven't changed, you know, I, I, I'm not old, just older and all that. I mean, that was a really cool, you know, kind of message for them to, uh, to put out there mystery train, very slow, very, I mean, you can feel that song. Anybody that's ever lived in the city for a while. And I had to live, you know, I lived in New York city. I lived in Van Nuys. I've been on, I've been in cities. Uh, you know, you can, you can really feel a lot of these songs, uh, save the world, nice little ballad. Captain Crash Beauty and the Beauty Queen from Mars, you know, all right, all right song. I mean, it, the thing is, is even if they're not like great songs where they're super memorable or you're not remembering the the lyrics from them, the tone remarkably stays the same. Like there's never, you can just keep the record playing and it just feels right. You know, it, it just keeps going and it just works. So that's why I say in this case, it's really track for track. Even if every track, you know, doesn't necessarily need to be a hit. Uh, after uh, Captain Crash, you have uh, She's a Mystery, nice little ballad. Here's track 11. Here's one that I never understood why this wasn't a bigger song. This should have been like by demand. They've, I don't think they've ever played it in concert. I could be wrong about that. Uh, but the song is I got the girl. This is such a happy go lucky fucking, you know, little guitar song, uh, that, that has a little bit of, you know, little bit extra riff to it. I love this. Um, one of my, you know, easily one of the best songs on on the album, and that, and that really that's kind of saying something. Uh, but I got the girl, and then I got the girl ends off, and then you go into track twelve, and you get this song, One Wild Night. This song was kind of a hit, but not on Crush. I'll explain more in a second. But this is another one of those really kind of fun or really like a like badass, punchy, kind of heavy for Bon Jovi heavy songs uh, that they deliver that most people I don't think even noticed. Uh, in fact, when they, you know, crush was such a huge deal that they finally released a, uh, a live album from the crush tour. They also released the DVD, which uh, was one of the first concert DVDs I ever bought. Again, we're talking, you know, this is 2000, uh, the year 2000 in the year 2000, right? Um, and they, they released in 2001, they released uh, a live album called one wild night. Now on that album they had one studio track which was n- not not a reinterpretation but a genuine like little little bit of a remix of the song one wild night which is a great rocker uh and it was so weird that 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 song never never really took off but but it did not I love it I listen to it all the time uh the version that exists on the live album one wild night is fine they made a music video for it and everything um but, you know, again, another one of those songs that people probably fucking missed. But if you enjoyed It's My Life, it fits right in with that style. Uh, and it's just, in my opinion, it's just as good a song. Uh, and, and, like, has a really cool story to it. Uh, again, I feel like this whole album has a whole story going. Uh, if you get the deluxe edition, there's, like, three other tracks. Uh, I Could Make a Living Out of Loving You, Hush, and You Can't, Le- uh, uh, you Can't Lose It, Love. Um, fine songs, you know, nothing wrong with them. But the, the album's fine when it ends at one wild night. Uh, and it, it's, it, that's just so solid crush. Like I said, it crushed it. it. It was, it was that big. It was that big of an album. I mean, you couldn't ask for a bigger, uh, comeback, but you know, I mean, it, this is my problem again, is that it wasn't just a comeback of time, but they also felt like it was kind of a comeback as far as sound. Now, maybe that was because, you know, Richie, Richie Sambora was doing his whole, whoa, whoa, you know, in, in, and everything. And that reminded everybody of, um, you know, reminded them of Slippery When Wet, but their previous album to this, which came out again, five years, five years previous in 1995, these days, that's the next one on our list. But, you know, let it, let it be said that crush bounce and have a nice day, that trilogy of albums. And again, listen to the songs, not just the ones that got on the radio, listen to all the songs. There's incredible gems in all three of those albums. Uh, that, that's a really great era for me, um, for, you know, for Bon Jovi. Uh, a lot of, well, I'm I'm not going to get into that. I was going to start talking about Alice Cooper a little bit, but, uh, but anyway, just a, just a great trilogy, uh, of a very similar sound, very similar style. And I mean, honestly, they could have ended their career with have a nice day and I would have been a very happy boy and they would have never had to make another album, but they continued to things changed and whatever. Uh, so anyway, I was going to mention our, our next one. This would be number three. Crush was number four. Now, number three on our list is I think it is one of two incredibly misunderstood albums. Uh, no pun intended with misunderstood misunderstood albums by Bon Jovi. These days, which came out in 95, was a dramatic departure from the sound that they were pushing throughout the 80s and early 90s. OK, a dramatic departure. I am totally open to that. But that doesn't mean it's not fucking awesome, because it is. Uh, most, I mean, a couple of the songs were hits. The major hit from it was actually the second track on it, which was something for the pain. Uh, but the first track, "Hey God," also kind of charted. Both of those songs are fantastic. "Hey God," something for the pain. I mean, they, they have like th- there's just more. I don't I don't know how to describe it. It's not really Western. There's just more of the street sound, and this is sort of where I, I feel like they're, they're almost, I mean, there's, there's like, this is an angry album, actually. Almost every part of this is an angry album. Uh, The other song, of course, that charted off of this was, uh, was Bed of Roses Uh, or wait, Bed of Roses. Sorry, Bed of Roses was the huge song. How could I not even mention that? Bed of Roses was the huge song off of Crossroad. Uh, That was the other big song off of that greatest hits. I mean, and that was a big, big fucking song. Uh, That was, that was just one of their, you know, biggest hits ever. Uh, but anyway, so this has its share of ballads as well. Um, this ain't a love song ends up with, with track three these days. Yeah. I mean, a fine song. It fits in with the tone of, of what's happening. Uh, then track five is lie to me. Another one of these songs, this is a track for track album, but this is another one of those songs. Like it fits it where it's like a slow kind of ballad, but this is, like I said, this whole album these days, angry and depressed. That's the way to describe this. And damn, do you feel it? Uh, after, well, <laughs> that wasn't meant to be a pun because track six is damned. Uh, that's a fine song. Keeps the tone going. Here's, here's the real gem in this next to maybe like a Hey God, which is probably, well, that'd be my second favorite song off of this. Um, and that's a track seven, which is My Guitar Lies Bleeding in My Arms. This is a really depressing, angry, epic song that nobody hears uh, I mean, it's like, it's epic and it gets, man, I mean, it'll rip your heart out and stomp on it. Like it, it is. Wow. Uh, I, you know, if I, if I mean, sometimes, you know, when I'm writing, when I'm writing short fiction or, or anything that, you know, and I, I need to like dredge up some emotions. This is one of my go-to songs for when I need some epicness, you know, some epic anger. Uh, I mean, it's not anger, like, You know, it's not painkiller from Judas Priest or something, but it's anger over like a loss and everything. I mean, it's just really, really something. Uh, But the rest of the the rest of the songs, they all kind of match that same a similar tone. They all fit in with what the album is trying to say. Uh, And and I I like it. I mean, it's I can I understand why it wasn't as big a hit with um, with a lot of people as far as, uh, you know, Bon, Bon Jovi fans, because, again, this was a huge change. But shit, I think they delivered. I mean, this is this is something special. This is a really really special album, um, that yeah, I, I think gets ignored, and and that's a pity because something for the pains is a good song. That's the only one that that uh, that really got. I mean, this ain't a love song. I think got some radio play as well, but that's the one that got the major radio play because it's the only one that's remotely happy. Everything else is just fuck you, you know, and, and I, I like that. Uh, but people miss this. They, you know, they, they, they have no idea that this came out in 95 and and they completely forget about it. And usually they just think, oh yeah, they did. I mean, maybe they'll remember keep the faith, uh, or they'll just think, oh yeah, they did New Jersey. Then they came out with crush. I mean, that's, that's how a lot of people, you know, think about Bon Jovi and that's a fucking pity. Uh, so these days at number three, very different album, but when you get it, if you feel it, you feel it and you know why it's number three. Uh, next one is actually the big one. I'm not going to give it number one. I, I, I think if anybody actually knows the discography for Bon Jovi, you were probably expecting me to say, oh, yeah, we're going to do Keep the Faith. No. Slippery When Wet. So now you probably know what number one is, but we'll get to it. So Slippery When Wet, which came out in 86, uh, again, as we've been saying this whole time, just no bones about it. It's one of the biggest albums in history. It has three of the greatest, it has, you know, three or four of the greatest rock songs ever done, ever done by anybody. I don't care. Name the fucking band. It doesn't matter. These are three of the biggest songs in history. And anybody will tell you that. Any musician will tell you that. It's worth their fucking salt. I really, I've heard punk rockers fucking talk about it. And they say that, that no, those songs are just amazing. Everybody knows it. this, this, this album was Huge. You know, and, and is that enough reason to give it number one? Yeah, sure. But for me as a Bon Jovi fan, it doesn't, it doesn't take that spot. I mean, yeah, it's kind of a situation where like similar to back in black, right. With, with ACDC where, you know, there's some songs like you shook me all night long where, yeah, like I can't listen to that anymore. Like that's one. And it's hard for me to have a song where it's been played too much. That one's been played too much, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, this this album is amazing. You know, i like it'd be disrespectful if I put it any lower. Uh, you, you open it up with Let It Rock, which is another one of those just like just like New Jersey, how New Jersey opens up with what is effectively like a church hymn. Let It Rock comes off that way, uh, you know, but with metal, uh, you know, with 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 electric guitar. Uh, you Give Love a Bad Name, what what the fuck do I need to say about that? Living on a Prayer, what do I need to say about that? Social Disease, great song. Opens up with, like, moaning and everything. And Dr. Bon Jovi, please report to that. I mean, that, that's that's so much fun. This is a fun album. This is a ridiculously fun album, you know. And, and track for track, of course, like, every song on here is Every song could have been a hit. Every song is fucking awesome. Uh, you want it dead or alive. What do you need to say? You know, even that's fun. And that's like kind of a serious song. Uh, now it's to the point of cheese, but I get it. Raise Your Hands made popular by Spaceballs. One of the best songs ever done uh, without love. Awesome ballad. I die for you. Badass fucking song. Like, I mean, just, you know, it's a love song, but it's a hard hitting love song. I love that. Never Say Goodbye. Perfect ballad. Wild in the streets. Beautiful celebration. Fuck yeah, let's get wild in the streets. Um, Now, there's been like various different packaging of this. I've never seen where there's like extra tracks for uh, for this. I think any extra tracks that existed for Slippery and Wet just ended up getting put on New Jersey. So no matter what edition you get of this, like there's no there, you'll find some like live tracks and maybe an acoustic version of something here and there. But you know, this album is is perfection. You don't add anything to it. You just leave it be. Maybe you remaster it or something, make it sound a little bit better on modern sound systems. But uh, it, it is it is one of the one of the ultimate rock albums. And like I said, you talk shit about Bon Jovi all you want. You ask the musician musicians you love. They'll tell you this. They'll tell you exactly what I just said. I mean, you, just, you can't argue it. I mean, would you say Back in Black was a, was a terrible album? Nobody would fucking nobody would say that. Even like pop singers won't say that. You know? And I think it it's true for this as well. So I don't need to spend a bunch of time on it. Millions of albums sold. I mean, you know, again, like I said, Bon Jovi has over 100 million albums sold worldwide. Half of those are probably this. <laughs> you know. Worldwide, it, it's it's probably around half that are just slippery when wet. I mean, because this this was just this is a masterpiece. Um, however, like I said, and, and we want to, we want to wrap this up a bit. Um, and, and you probably know every song off there, you know, one of the, my points in doing this is to introduce you and to mention to you songs that you probably never heard before. And we've mentioned a ton of them, um, except for when it's in like the, the, the lower down albums, those, you know, there's not a whole lot to listen to on, on some of those, but, uh, you know, that's what slippery and wet. You probably know every song. So take that for what you will. Uh, now the number one album, let's do this drum roll, please. You already know what it is though, because I said it 1992s keep the faith. Phenomenal, phenomenal. And the only reason that I think this album isn't as well known. A lot of people might know the song, keep the faith. Um, But and maybe I believe or in these arms, you might know those might the only reason I I mean, just they they didn't play enough of the you know, they didn't allow enough of the songs that are on this onto radio. Uh, That's the only reason this album isn't as well known. If any, I mean, it's hard to say that it, it would match Slippery When Wet as far as like levels of perfection. But there is such a wonderful variety of style and emotion and so much else on this album that you you really can't hear anywhere else. Uh, this is the album where, like I said, some of the songs really feel like something of the Rolling Stones would have done. And that's a fucking feat. Do you understand? Like that's a musical, uh, you know, uh, a hill to climb. <laughs> All right. So the album opens up with uh, uh, with I Believe. Which is a fine song. I mean, and and, and it kind of does the job of being a good opener, just like uh, just like Slippery When Wet and New Jersey had. OK, not the best song on the album, but it was kind of a hit and, and it, it was, you know, it, it's a cool song um, and, it, and it fits in with kind of the like, I think, the 90s vibe because it sort of has a rebellious tone to it. And, and, and it just it works. Um, the second second track is Keep the Faith. A lot of people know that uh, and that that one definitely has that again, that that church hymn kind of feel to it almost, which is, you know, they can pull that off because they have a keyboardist. Right. And they have one of the best keyboardists in the world. They have Dave Bryan. Um, Keep the Faith is a good song. Most people, like I said, most people know that that's usually if there's a track that gets included off of this album, it's usually Keep the Faith. Uh, not but also nowhere near nowhere near the best song on this album. Track three. This is when business starts to pick up on this album. OK, but nobody's heard the song. I'll sleep when I'm dead. This has this really like I I, I almost want to play it for you because it's so hard to describe. This is where they start to have almost that Rolling Stones feel. But with like, you know, a lot of modern stylings and it just works and it is a fun song uh, and yeah, I mean, almost almost innocent in what it's doing, which granted that doesn't make it so stones, you know, when you have the Rolling Stones saying you can make a dead man come. Right. But this is a fun, you know, it almost sounds like something you would hear right out of the 60s. But again, it has sort of that, that 80s, 90s uh, modern vibe and it works similar. The only people who did anything similar is like Poison this is the band Poison, where in their early works where CC just had this guitar that sounded like it was out of like the doo-wop days, but then it's metal you know, but it, but then it's hard rock, same kind of thing here, uh, to, to a little bit of a different degree, not exactly the same as poison poison just has an incredibly unique sound and kudos to them for that. Uh, that's another band that I would love to do a ranking on, uh, because just one of my favorites. So, uh, yeah, so, so it, um, in these arms or after I'll, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Okay. Correction. So this is the album better roses was off of <laughs> <laughs> I think when it came out on Crossroad, it might have been the bigger deal. But Better Roses was off of this, which made a, a huge seller. But again, most people don't know the other songs. Um, so n- that after I'll Sleep When I'm Dead, which is a really fun song, you get this great epic. I mean, you can't really call it a ballad. It's a love song. Uh, but In These Arms, it was kind of a hit, but not everybody remembers it. Awesome song. Nice, nice and epic. When, once the chorus hits, I mean, you, you're just you're on board. Uh, love in these arms. Fantastic. After that is then, of course, the the great epic Bed of Roses uh, that, you know, one of the one of the biggest charting ballads in, in the history of the world. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what I need to say about that, but that's originally off of this. I was thinking Bed of Roses was off Crossroad, but no, it's on Keep the Faith. I that's another one of those tracks like I can't listen to it anymore. You know, like I, I'm just I'm done. <laughs> like I, I just I, I don't need that. And I'm a, there's not even like a moment in my life. Like, the video's hot. The music video's really hot. But there's not even a moment in my life where I, like, find that song necessarily applicable. So, whatever. But the song after that I listened to is probably my most listened to song off of this album. Uh, and that is uh, If I Was Your Mother. I know you think the name sounds crazy. This is a wild, heavy epic. Okay, kind of slow-moving, but it is an epic. Uh, and and, and the, when you hear the song the title makes a ton of, makes perfect sense. Um, tell me what I got to do to make my life mean more to you. Uh, well, anyway, the, the lyrics aren't exactly hitting me right now, but pretty much saying it's like, can I want to be as close to you as your mother is like, you know, things like that. Like, I mean, it's just, it's this, I mean, the, these, the songs I'm telling you about now, these are the ones, these are the biggest ones. Next to maybe the stuff off of Have a Nice Day that people just didn't know were out there and they are so different. They have nothing to do with Slippery When Wet. Uh, you know, they have nothing to do with pe- what people think of when they think of Bon Jovi's sound. And yet they are incredible songs, each one in their own right. They they are, m- you know, mini masterpieces, every single one of them. Uh, Dry County, another one where there's this great story being told, has this has this very interesting kind of kind of Western flair to it. Uh, almost a depressing flare, which kind of points you know, if I was your mother in dry county points to where they were going with these days, them going to these days that sound with these days was a the direction they were going anyway. It had nothing to I don't, really don't think that it had much to do with Nirvana. Maybe there's an interview out there where John Bon Jovi says differently or Richie says differently. But uh, as far as I know, like or in, in my book, they had been planning to go to that sound for some time, just like they were in the early aughts, how they were planning to go to the sound like the circle and everything, and eventually start sounding like you two or something. But you know, right after, right after dry County anyway, uh, we get into the next track. It gets right back into the fun, Uh woman in love. Another one of those songs, like almost sounds like the like a modern Rolling Stones. Incredible. Uh, I mean, just just a lot of fun. And has this little I mean, it's just tons of fun. Then you get uh, the next track is fear. One of the weaker tracks on there. Uh, I want you fine song, you know, not 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 up to snuff with some of the other ones I've just been mentioning, but fine song. Track 11, blame it on the love of rock and roll. Here's another one tons of fun has the same tone as woman in love and I'll sleep when I'm dead has the same happy go lucky vibe, almost that rolling Stones sound. Awesome. Again, nobody's fucking heard it and, and, and they don't know. And they, and all they think is when they hear Bon Jovi, they think it's my life or they think, uh, you know, living on a prayer or you give love a bad name. They have no idea that they can pull off and completely different styles of songs that are incredible. And, and that's, that's part of the reason um, uh, the, the rest of the songs, you know, are, are, are fine. Uh, it's a little bit of soul after that and then saber prayer. They're, they're all good songs, but this is the thing. This is why I put keep the faith at number one. It has the most range. It has, it's, it's missing except for maybe in these arms. No, even that it's, it's, it's missing a lot of the, a lot of the, the, the unique sound of say, uh, New Jersey or, or slippery when wet. But there is just such a varied uh, uh, degree of styles in this album alone. I mean, and it's hard to believe how many different, you know, while while not every song is different, like there's three or four different styles and there's three or four songs. Because this is a 13 track album. You know, there's there's like three or four different songs that get to parlay that style. And I, I think that's really unique. Uh, i i th- I think that that 's an you know uh, an, an incredible achievement for for them to do uh and people just they they skip this album and you know, you know who else loves this album and and I feel really vindicated in in putting it at number one uh Eddie trunk, who is you know maybe the greatest rock and metal d j in history uh, Eddie trunk you know says, man, he says those songs that never made radio on Keep the Faith. He says those are just some of the those are some of the best songs Bon Jovi's ever done straight up. And that's saying something because how many number 1 fucking hits does Bon Jovi have? They have tons. You know, over the over their 20, 30 year career. Okay? Uh so yeah, I mean people that listen that actually listen to music and actually listen to albums instead of singles, they know the score. They know just how great this album is. Uh and you know, and how much fun it is. Now, granted if, you know, I, I and I, I don't mean this to sound insulting. There's people who don't like to have fun in their music. You know, they want everything to be, you know, angry, depressing. And look, I like that, too. That's what I was talking about with these days. Or, I, I mean, I could I could talk about all the butt rock and everything else that I, I'm totally into all that. Please understand, I, I don't have a problem with it. Okay. But I also want the entire emotional spectrum of humanity in my music. And this is one of those albums that actually will deliver, will, you know, pretty much fire on on you know, all counts. I think I'm mixing my metaphors here, but whatever. This is one that does that, that delivers that. But, you know, there's people who really just, they refuse to listen to anything, any kind of music that's feel good or any kind of music that's happy. Okay. I don't exactly understand that, but all right. You know, that that's, that's fine. I'm not, I really, I'm not here to judge you. And and I want people to listen to what they want, uh, what they want to listen to. But, you know, if you can get into the feel good, songs you know almost the rolling stones stones ish songs on keep the faith you will not be disappointed this is i mean trust you will love listening to this album and go all the way through listen to the whole damn thing because that's one thing bon jovi can do you know aor they can do album oriented rock right i mean they can do (laughs) they can make it where you want to listen to the entire album and the entire album gives you a story and it gives you a feel uh and Yeah. I mean, I don't know many other bands that, that can really do that. Like the other bands that I listed off that have the ability to stay on top. I don't think any of them pull that off. You two might come close, but I hate you too. Like I'm, yeah, someone's going to take that out of context. I hate the band you Two. Um, you know, Metallica. Yeah. Metallica can kind of do it, but then they have Metallica kind of has one speed. Kind of. I know they can do slower shit, but you know, they, they have one attitude, I guess I should say, not one speed. They have one attitude. Uh, so you, so you don't really get it there. Aerosmith. I mean, Aerosmith can make a track for track album. You know, you listen to rocks, you listen to, uh, oh man, I mean, nine lives, even though, you know, later stuff. Um, but it never like flows as well. Somehow Bon Jovi figured out how to make things flow and make things work and make the sounds, make the songs make sense like everything sounds like it absolutely belongs right on that album right next to all the other songs and i think that's a very rare achievement for a band to do and i challenge people to find me someone who's done that and at the same time you know just charted you know i mean just it's just like like made crazy hits at the same time i mean yeah a lot of people can make a concept album but then most of those songs aren't going to be hits it's where Bon Jovi and look I, I'm not saying that having a having a hit on the billboard 100 or something is is some kind of like thing to aspire to or some kind of metric that decides what's great music or not not really I'm just saying to be able to pull that off is something let's give credit where credits due to be able to do that but then still have the entire album make sense even when you have four or five you know chart topping hits most people can't do that let's just let's just say it Most people can't do that. And yeah, art is subjective, but there are objective metrics that you can look at. There are numbers that you can look at when certain in certain aspects of art. That doesn't mean that Bon Jovi is better than Kiss. It doesn't mean Bon Jovi is better than against me. It doesn't mean anything like that. okay? but it does mean that they have some metrics where they can say, motherfucker, I'm pretty good. And right on. So anyway, my point in doing this is hopefully to, to introduce you and to maybe get you to reconsider uh, some of these bands. Uh, You know, in fact, I'll tell you a funny story. So the lovely and hyper-intelligent Dr. Stephanie Murphy and I, hopefully she won't mind me telling this story. We were working out the other day and usually, you know, we decide, I mean, and actually I just, you know, I, I don't care. Stephanie can choose, uh, you know, who's going to play what audio. And, you know, we, we play audio in our, in our, our gym and, uh, she, she let me pick the audio. I'm like, okay, cool. You know? And I said, I was like, oh, you know, or wh- what did I say? I was like, I was going to put on creed or something or something was sounding similar to creed. And she goes, oh my God, I hate creed. I said, no, 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 no. I said, I said, no, no, no. You didn't, you didn't hear weathered. You never heard their album weathered. Okay. Which is, was their uh third album after, uh, was a human clay. And then the, the first one, whatever the fuck that was, they had one on it. Um, I said, trust me, you never, ever heard Weathered. I was like, you would not say that if you heard that. And she's like, but aren't they a Christian band? I said, no, you got to hear Weathered. And so she gave a shot. You know, kudos, credit to her for being willing to experiment and listen to it. Because certainly when, I, when you tell me to put on music, it's a roll of the dice. You know, you have no idea what the fuck's going to, you know, David Hasselhoff could start playing. You have no idea. And so I, I you know, it op- Weathered from Creed opens right up with Bullets, which is a genuinely heavy-ass song. I mean, and Scott staff's screaming you know, like, like it, it's a heavy song. Uh, and, and it opens right up with that and she's listening. She goes, wow. You know, I mean, it effectively, you know, not that she was wrong in any way, but I was right in that, you know, I knew I said, okay, yeah, I get your opinion of Creed, but you never, you had never heard this album. And when she heard it, she was like, wow, holy shit, like track for track. She was loving it except for, uh, there's the one song, um, that sounds like, uh, can you take me higher off a of human clay? <laughs> you said it, yeah. She said it sounded satanic. You might have just heard her speak, and she's actually working out next to me. I, I'm already done with my workout. But um, yeah, I mean, she said it sounded satanic. And I was like, yeah, I mean, Scott Stapp, don't let him fool you. He played the Christian card for a little while, but, you know, he was. I, I've seen the, the fucking videos where he's, you know, fucking gals with Kid Rock before a show. Uh, but. Anyway, Weathered is such a heavy album. It is is such a, I mean, there's a couple of cheesy songs on it, but overall, I mean, that is, a. again, the stuff you never heard on the radio, even though Bullets did get some radio play, the songs you never really heard on the radio were all fantastic. Nobody here ever hears these songs. That's my point, is that when people tell me, like, you know, this is probably going to toss out everything I said right out the window, but fuck it. Like when people tell me that Nickelback sucks, I want to say the same thing. No, you haven't listened to the songs that never went on the radio. You just heard Rockstar and you got pissed off or you bought into what everybody else is fucking saying, or you heard something off a of silver side up. Is that, that, that their big breakout album, not their first album, but their big breakout, you know, you heard something off of that. Okay, great. You heard, yeah, I'm with you. It sucks, but let's listen to their other music that never saw radio and their songs that will kick your ass. Next contestant right off the same album as Rockstar. Uh, Oh, I mean there's a ton. Even off their newer shit. I'm not saying every Nickelback album's great. It's not. I didn't care for I thought Curb was rough. Um was was it Here and Now, the one with the oh, I I, th- I think I had that song about standing together or something. That was you know, that song was okay, but the bulk of the album was shit you know, I'm not blindly loving what they do. I'm just saying you never listen to the whole album. You have no fucking idea that there's great fucking songs, like really great fucking songs on there that, that deserve that deserve the light of day. And that's, you know, and that's why I like to do these sorts of things because people just, they just don't know, you know, the MTV doesn't play it. The radio doesn't play it. Spotify doesn't put, well, of course, Spotify doesn't fucking put it on their, on their algorithms. Uh, you know, Google play music doesn't put it on their algorithms. Well, no shit. Algorithms are, are mind. Well, I was going to say algorithms are mind control. They are. But, <laughs> but, but I'm being a little extreme in saying that right now. So there you have it. OK. And so and Bon Jovi, reconsider. Check out the albums you probably never heard these days. Probably. Give it a shot. This is some epic shit. Get rid of the get bond. Get the picture of Bon Jovi with his, with his hair. Unless you're a woman and you think he's hot. Get that out of your head. You don't need it. Just listen to the music and enjoy the music for what it is. You know, this is the same thing when I tell people I listen to Rick Springfield and they go, oh, Jesse's girl. And I'm just like, shut up. That song sucks. They're like, let's talk about the rest, you know, put on put on his live album alive. And you tell me that that's not one of the most badass live albums and badass series of songs you've ever heard. He, that guy is a hard rocker, man, but nobody knows. And nobody, nobody, for whatever reason, they, they didn't want to trust me to, to, to listen to it. Okay. You know, <laughs> So anyway, I mean, look, when, when I think something's just, I like it because it's cheesy. I admit to that. I have no problem admitting to that. All right. But other times I call shots and I listen to shit and I know, no, that's fucking good. So I had too much time in my hands as a teenager. That's really what it boils down to. All right. Anyway, that's it. (laughs) There's my little screen. That's it for this little uh, Bon Jovi special. I hope you gave it a chance. If you're into listening to, um, you know, to my, to my reviews of music and everything, which I know a lot of sovereign tech listeners are. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it and, uh, woo, more content to come out for, uh, of course there'll be a new sex and science hour. Um, I just released a video of me getting the, the, the SNES classic, the SNES classic that's for patrons only. And then also, um, we, you know, we've got a dynamite sovereign tech lined up. It's just going to be a great time and user is coming before you ask. Yes, it is. Woo. I will see you on the other side.